Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, once again we come before Thy throne asking that You would manifest Your presence to us in the furtherance of this worship that our worship would be honoring and pleasing in Your sight. We thank you for the privilege of being able to assemble this way and pray that we might ever have such blessing all the days of our lives. Thank you for the ladies and their faithfulness as they Uh, admit as the years continue to mount up in their lives there are more pains more aches and more energy is needed it seems to go about in their daily activities I'm younger but understand it somewhat I'm sure that not near like they do but I thank you for their faithfulness a lot of people at their age and their afflictions no doubt will use it as an excuse for not attending the house of the Lord Nevertheless, their testimony is that it's the most blessed day of the week for them. Pray that it will ever be such. Pray that their souls be fed. In Jesus' name, amen. We come now to next little section of this sixth chapter of Galatians. And that verse is 6 through 8 probably verse 9 might be uh, joined to it but I have opted to uh, stop it with verse 8 and and as you will see that really what is the subject matter that's under consideration is ministerial giving. You know, it's it's, kind of unique that it goes from bearing one another's burdens and then uh, goes into the other. We'll read the verses. Let him that is taught in the Word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. 
it is not uncommon to quote verses 7 and 8 or to hear those verses quoted in a sermon, particularly with regard to living a life that is honoring to the Lord, and take those verses out of the context in which it is set. You remember that this word communicate, which we will look into it a little bit more as we go on into the verse. You remember the word communicate is kin to our word that we uh, uh, talked about last Lord's Day or not the last Lord's Day, but the one before that, when we had the Lord's Supper, fellowship. And the word communicate, this word koinonia, also had to do with giving, mostly had to do with uh, giving, taking up money for the poor saints at Jerusalem. But note what it says here, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Now, let me say at the outset, before we get into this, lest I do forget it, though I may have made a note in my notes. This congregation has always been a giving congregation. And uh, I'm going to teach on this pretty thorough, not because I think the congregation needs it, but because I believe that the Christian world needs it, and anybody that may hear it out there on the internet, uh, it might be beneficial for them. So I don't want you to think anything that I will say that uh, I'm saying that this congregation is lacking. So uh, hopefully I've set that <laughs> set that straight. Uh, but like I said, often verses 7 and 8 are taken out of context to have to do with people sinning. And verses 7 and 8 can be used to make an application with people that are sinning. But that's not the context in which it is given here in Galatians. And so we need to keep that in mind. Verse 6, as we've already said, sets the context for verses 7 and 8. And verse 6 has to do, whatever communicate uh, means, verse 6 has to do with Somebody teaching and somebody learning. 
That's without question. Let him that is taught communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Now, I don't know that I have made this distinction in my notes. Uh, and lest I forget it, I want to say this right now. It says in all good things, some preachers don't deserve to be maintained because they're not teaching good things. So it's not just because a man's a preacher or a minister, then he should be paid sufficiently. Most ministers today all across the so-called Christian world are paid far, far, far more than they're worth, in my opinion. I'm inclined to agree somewhat with Martin Luther's comment regarding uh, this here. And I'm going to read it. Luther said, I have sometimes marveled why the apostles commanded the churches so diligently to nourish their teachers. For in popery, I saw that all men gave abundantly to the building and maintaining of goodly temples, to the increasing of the revenues and livings of those which were appointed to their service. Hereof it came that the estimation, excuse me, the estimation and riches of the bishops and the rest of the excuse me, clergy did so increase that everywhere they had in possession the best and most fruitful grounds. Therefore thought I that Paul had commanded this in vain, seeing that all manner of good things were not only abundantly given to the clergy, but also they overflowed in wealth and riches. Wherefore I thought that men ought rather to be exhorted to withhold their hands from giving than encouraged to give any more. For I saw that by this excessive liberality of men the covetousness of the clergy did increase. But now I know the cause why they had such abundance of good things heretofore and now the pastors and ministers of the word do want. Now what Luther was actually saying there that a lot of preachers were preaching, especially the, 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 the priests and the Pope system of popery. They had plenty of money and Luther wondered maybe why uh, Paul would say this, but he said uh, while <clears throat> these... Uh, Unholy ministers were getting rich. Godly ministers were in necessity. And 
that has ever been the case. Usually, when a congregation becomes at odds with a minister, one of the first things they do is cut his pay. You'll find that throughout the so-called religious world of Christianity. And all too often, false brethren and hireling preachers are well paid and become extremely wealthy with finances and property because they're fleecing the people. It's not uncommon to read of some so-called preachers that have their private jets and their mansions and all such things as that. However, back in the 60s, when I first began preaching, It was often talked about, particularly of some preachers, how that they were poor preachers and, and so on. And I'm talking about traveling preachers. Now, you'll have to remember I'm talking about the 60s. When I first began preaching... My average uh, contribution was somewhere around uh, 50 maybe to $100 a month. And I'm talking about in congregations that were not, they were not extremely large, but Some could have given more, and I'm not, I'm not complaining. I find that the people are usually, the, the people usually do what they're taught. I remember around that same time, uh, a, a, a minister in our denomination started a, a paper. And one of the first issues of that paper is where he quoted, I don't know how many ministers, but many, many well-known popular ministers among our denomination where they said in some of their writings at one time or the other, Toward the end of their ministry, their regret for never preaching on the support of the ministry. And the reason they didn't preach on the support of the ministry was because they were afraid they would be labeled as a uh, uh, stingy, money grubber. And so for that reason, they never preached 
on the support of the ministry. And for that reason, many among many congregations among our denomination did not support their minister as they could have done. Now, having said that, there was some ministers that would travel around from congregation to congregation on various occasions and uh, naturally they would go like on Monday night and preach one place. Tuesday night they preach somewhere else and Wednesday night at a different place in the community or another congregation nearby and Thursday night and, and so on. Then on Friday night and then on Saturday morning they might preach at another place and Saturday afternoon at a separate one and Saturday night at a different place and then and so on. And I remember the first congregation that I was pastoring, one of those uh, poor, poor, poor preacher that had come through the neck of the woods and was preaching and <clears throat> some of the widow women were talking about just, you know, these poor preachers and wished that they could... Uh, you know, that more could be given for, you know, that, uh, and so on. And so I, I stopped them. And I said, let's just see how poor these traveling preachers are. I said, let's just say that they get only $30 for each sermon that they preach at each separate congregation. So, you find out that Monday through Friday, you've already got $150. And if they preach two times on Saturday, that's another uh, $60. Three times, that's $90. And I said, most of the time they get more around $50 each time. And I said, these preachers are getting a whole lot more than their pastors are getting. And I said, what we ought to do is stop that where we could pay the preachers more, the pastors who are there week after week after week. They said, well, we never thought about it that way. Well, my point is, you know, that's just... uh, they, they had never been taught. Another incident that comes to mind, two young men who were in the ministry, they had uh, gone to a particular association or associations that were going on at the same time. And one preacher said to the other preacher, said, I wonder why brother so-and-so shows up at one association on Friday night, goes to another one on Saturday, and another one on Sunday. The other preacher, who had a little bit more insight, said, that's simple. More money. More money. I said all of that to say 
that uh, most of the time uh, more preachers are paid more than they deserve to be paid. Well, I don't know that I should say more, though I think it would be. I don't think I'd get too far wrong. I'll say many. I have been to places and gone and preached and it cost me more than what the congregation gave me and I'm not complaining. God has provided for me. I remember when I uh, quit my job with the state to preach full time. My father was somewhat uh, disheartened with me and said that uh, said the old Baptist can't won't support you. I said, well, I'm not preaching for the old Baptist. I'm preaching for the Lord, and I believe the Lord will support me. And he did for ten years. <clears throat> And I had to go back to work, and it wasn't necessarily because the people wouldn't support me, just the way things turned out, that it was a need. Having said all of that, the case is made for the support of the ministry. And faithful ministers are often designated like Paul mentioned in the fourth chapter of 1 Corinthians verse 13. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world and are the offscourings of all things unto this day. Paul had it a lot better than I do or that I ever have. That filth of this world and the offscourings of has to do with the stain of where people have gone to the bathroom. It's talking about, you know, you have to scour the bath the toilet sometimes. That's what Paul was talking about, the way people treated him and the way faithful ministers are oftentimes treated. Though that hasn't been the general rule for me. In our text in Galatians chapter 6, the word for teach is the word from where we get our English word catechize you know what a catechism is don't you it's a question a series of questions and answers 
you don't find many congregations being catechized. Most catechism, or catechizing, I should say, comes about by faithful parents teaching their children at home. And the Baptist had a catechism that went along with the Baptist Confession of Faith to which we subscribe. But it's the idea to sound into the ears or to indoctrinate. And I think this congregation knows that uh, I do try to teach. I do try to indoctrinate what the Word of God says. Let's look at this word as used in uh, some other places. First of all, in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I'll start at the first verse. Our word is found in the fourth verse. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. There's the, there's the word. Preaching is not for the purpose of a individual putting together an oration with uh, popular rhetoric, rhetoric for the purpose of entertaining people. Preaching is for instruction. Preaching is for instruction. Now, we do not need to get into the mindset of the Athenians who were always looking for some new thing. And we preachers don't need to get into the idea that uh, just because we preached on something, we shouldn't preach on it again. I have said many, many times, and we'll say this again, good education comes about by repetition. 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 <laughs> and you've heard me quote from Isaiah 28, 
You know, whom shall I teach doctrine? Line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And you've also heard me say that uh, in teaching children, you have to tell them something seven times before they begin to start catching on. And so, uh, it is essential that we, as Peter said to those to whom he was writing, stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Things need to be taught again and again and again. Acts chapter 18. You know, the old expression is, if you don't use it, you lose it. Occasionally, I will use a program on my computer that maybe I haven't used for years. And I have to re-familiarize myself with it. Because I've forgotten exactly how I should go about doing it. There's a program on my computer that is hooked up to my scanner. Excuse me. Hooked up to my my printer that I can use as a scanner. And I don't scan all that much. Now what scanning is, for somebody that doesn't know, that's where you put a sheet of paper in the printer and make a picture of it. And you can scan it that way. There's another way that's called OCR uh, scanning. And that's where you can uh, scan it and then you can use it in your word processor on your computer and edit it and change it around and do things like that with it. But if I don't catch myself, uh, when I go want to scan something, I'll put something in the computer in the printer and press the scan button on my uh, printer. When I want to scan it to a file on my computer. And I keep forgetting uh, sometimes that I have to start the program on my computer first. (laughs) And so the point is If you don't do it all the time, you forget how to do it, you know. And so, even though you may know the doctrine of election and predestination and uh, limited atonement, uh, the impeccability of Christ, the omnipresence of God, the omniscience of God, and uh, though you've been taught those things, it's good to have refresher courses on them. And that's what Good teaching and preaching will involve. In Acts chapter 18, we see our word for teach again. Acts 18, 25, talking about Apollos. This man was 
instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Apollos was a catechizing preacher. He he taught diligently. In Acts 21... Verse 21, And they are informed of thee that thou teacheth all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought to be circumcised, they ought not to circumcise their children, neither walk after the customs. And then drop down to verse 24, we see the word again. Them take and purify thyself with them, and be at charges with them, that they may shave their heads, and all may know those things whereof they were, and here's the word, informed concerning thee, or nothing. In other words, uh, the false teachers were saying things about Paul that wasn't true. But they kept teaching, kept catechizing, kept saying over and over and over again. Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. Verse 18. And knoweth his will, and approveth the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. And then we come back to our text in Galatians 6 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth. So these that's the only time they, this word is used, and so you can see the whole idea of preaching and teaching is set forth here in this Greek word for taught and teach and I said it's where we get our word to catechize and the Greek word is actually katecheo so you can hear the catechizing in the way the word is used in the Greek we think of preaching when we think of preaching that is We generally think of the commandment of our Lord prior to His return to heaven. And you know this in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 30. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That's a different word than in our text. Baptize, really the word disciple all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching, discipling them to, or teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And like I said, this is uh, what we normally think of when we think about preaching and teaching. But as we said in verse eighteen of, of Matthew uh, twenty-eight. 
when it says to teach all nations, the word there means to become a pupil, to disciple, to enroll as a scholar, be disciplined, instructed. In other words, the idea is to make disciples. Make disciples. Look at Matthew 13. We'll see this word for teaching. Matthew 13, verse 52. Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven. Which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder which bringeth forth out of his treasure things old and new. But he's instructed. He's instructed. Matthew 27. Verse 57. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He had been instructed. He had become a disciple, a learner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Acts chapter 14. Verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, taught, they were they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. Back in Matthew chapter 28, in verse 19, The word teaching, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Uh, now in verse 20, uh, the word, now disciple, we looked at the word disciple, but the word uh, teaching is the idea of didaskalos, which it means just to teach. And it's found in 91 verses. Our word didactic comes from this word 
didaskalos, didactic teaching. Another Greek word that is associated with the ministry is caruso, which means to hurl like a public crier. And Jesus went about all the cities teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. You saw that in Matthew, or see that in Matthew 9.35. The word for teaching is didaskalos, and the word for preaching is the word caruso. Another Greek word associated with preaching is found in the same verse, that is, here in Matthew uh, 18 verses, I mean, uh, Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. Is euangelion, which is where the good news comes from, gospel. Therefore, though there are different ideas portrayed in each of these words, we should consider all of them in associated with the work of the ministry. That is, your teaching, your catechizing, your preaching, and you're also giving good news. All of that is involved with regard to the work of the minister. And I'm going to say again what I've already said. It is not enough for the minister to teach and proclaim the scriptures regarding the kingdom of God. He is to go over and over and over and repeat and repeat and reiterate and reiterate these truths in a gospel way as we quoted from Isaiah 28. Uh, previously, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. Therefore, as we see in our text, people who are taught according, accordingly are to communicate or to give to one who teaches. Now we have several verses that we want to look at regarding this. But our time, it would take us beyond our time. And so we're going to kind of quit early today with this basic introduction. And the Lord willing, come back next time and look at this in more detail. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank You that it teaches us plainly and clearly how we are to live in the various aspects in our Christian journey. We thank You for giving us clear and exact information even with regard to the ministry. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.